0: are locked on nba your daily nba podcast part of the locked on podcast network
1: your team every day
0: welcome to the wednesday edition of locked on nba the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association on wednesdays i'm your usual co-host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and the host of the
1: locked on pelicans podcast and i am john corrales reds army underscore john on twitter and the host of the locked on Celtics podcast. And as I broadcast here from a hotel room in Dallas, Texas, host of the Thursday night locked on NBA draft live show, I was on a set at the WFAA studios already with Chad Ford, with Raphael Barlow of the locked on NBA draft podcast, which already, Jake, is one of the coolest things because being on a set with Chad Ford. Getting ready to host live draft coverage is like the coolest moment of my career so far. It's on Thursday. It's brought to you by Built Bar because, of course, it is. And we're going to be going from 7 p.m. Eastern through the draft through the second round. So you're talking about probably about four hours of live coverage that you can stream on the YouTube and Locked On NBA YouTube channel. This channel here that you'll be watching on and on uh, Amazon Fire Stick on Roku. Uh, all through the Techno Watch apps, like all at, uh, everywhere. So I'm so psyched on Thursday to be hosting that show. Hope everybody joins me for that. Look, this is where lockdown gets to really shine, right? You know, we had the ultimate mock draft that I think
0: is one of the more useful tools for people trying to get kind of like a high-level look at the draft because, look, national media, I like them all. They're not kind of like boots on the ground when it comes to these teams, right? They don't know, say, the Celtics or the Pelicans as well as you and I do. It's just not feasible for them to do that. So getting our local experts on reacting to the picks the moment after they happen to tell you, listener, like, what's going on? Why is this a good pick, a bad pick? What's it mean for the team? the league it's great you don't get that insight in anywhere else and i've seen pictures of the set it looks awesome like the production values high like this isn't us doing
1: this in like you know in a room or something like that no no it's out of the wfaa professional studios with you know using the power of tegna using the power of the local hosts because we're going to get as many local hosts on as we can to talk about their picks you'll you'll know how they affect their team, in specifically, you're just gonna get a level of analysis that's not possible anywhere else. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. You can you can have the draft on TV and second screen us and get get this awesome analysis. Uh, I'm I'm psyched. This is a huge huge moment for the network, and I'm very just thrilled and honored to be part of it.
0: Look, and it, it also gets no better than Chad Ford. And the other thing is there's rumors flying right now around the NBA. Oh it seems God. like half the league's going to get traded and it's going to be remade over the next week or so. And that's what we're going to cover in today's edition of Locked on NBA. This one's fun. We get all the big names. You want to know more about Kyle Lowry, where he may end up? We've got you covered. What about Shea Gilgis Alexander, potentially on the move out of OKC? That one's kind of crazy, Wow, it still wild. makes that's some sense. One. Also, the yeah. Lakers are in a weird spot and need to figure out what they're trying to do. You throw Chris Paul into the mix. Look, let's just dive into everything because this is where like the NBA just gets silly and a whole lot of fun. And I guess we can start with the Kyle Lowry situation because that's the one where there's probably more smoke around everything. It's the type of guy that would make a difference and immediately take a team from kind of – playoff contender to championship contender that's why you saw the Lakers interested in him at the trade deadline same for the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat no deal got done though but it feels like unfortunately for Toronto that he's going to be on the move and he's looking for a big payday it sounds like
1: yeah I mean this is going to be the last big payday of his career so you might as well maximize it while while you can he's one of the headline uh, guys that could be available so yeah, a lot of teams are lining up. I think, I think there's a little bit of carryover Chris Paul effect going on here mm-hmm. too. Big time. Uh, Lowry, Lowry is a similar impact player. We've seen Lowry be, you know, obviously he's not quite what Chris Paul is, or and they're certainly not exactly the same player, but you're looking at a veteran leader. Kyle Lowry has the benefit of having won a championship, we we know how hard he plays. We know how passionate he is. We know how much he still has left in the tank. So teams are looking at him, much like Chris Paul in Phoenix. So, yeah, line them up, and let's see who wants to get Kyle Lowry because the Raptors are in line to draft Jalen Suggs, who basically becomes the Kyle Lowry replacement. He's he's very similar, and and you get him in, and who knows – what happens as far as trades and trading and and what you get in return, but you get a long-term replacement in Jalen Suggs on Thursday, and now now you're cooking in in the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's it's interesting, right? Like he could either sign as a free agent, there's teams that could do uh, to could get him as a sign and trade, sending more assets or something in return to the Toronto Raptors as they kind of retool, rebuild, in, to some degree. Look, the Pelicans just made that big trade with Memphis the other day, clearing cap space up to 36 million, clearly trying to kind of make a run at him or someone of his caliber. And at the Willie Green press conference today, they really talked a lot about the Phoenix Suns model and felt there was a blueprint for that here in New Orleans. It seems to make some sense that they would go after him. You look at a team like the Miami Heat, though, they would like to probably add a guy like him, maybe replacing Goran Dragic to kind of help them become a little bit closer to title contenders than they were last year and get back to what they looked at in the bubble. But this is like the first of many dominoes, right? If he comes to New Orleans, let's say, Lonzo Ball's certainly going to be on the move after that. And then that opens up kind of this revolving door of point guards to a certain degree, I think. If Lonzo goes to, say... The Miami or not the Miami Heat, the the Chicago Bulls or the New York Knicks, other teams miss out on him. Like things start to kind of fall, and you see that domino effect start to come through.
1: Yeah, you know, I know just from a Celtics perspective, they're looking to maybe see if if Lonzo does do something like that, then you're poaching that next level and seeing if you can get Saturansky for nothing because they're going to want to clear some money out. So uh, it's not just where does Kyle Lowry land; it's This is very much like natural selection and and the (laughs) vultures are going to come out and pick this carcass clean no matter what's left over. Wherever Lowry goes, there's going to be a backfill. There's going to be – Lonzo goes somewhere – somebody else is going to go and say oh well you you now need to get rid of Saturansky. here comes Boston with a traded player exception that they have left over from Gordon Hayward now do you get that and then who's left over from Boston does that mean that they change what they do and does somebody become available so it's a very strong trickle down effect no matter what what happens here and 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 the reason I bring up Kyle Lowry as far as a trade goes because There are sign and trade options. There are teams that are capped out that are desperate for The
0: the 76ers, right? Like they're a perfect example of
1: that. Right. And so there's still the possibility of let's now acquiring somebody via sign and trade does hard cap a team. So there's a little bit of a different element going on here but that just increases the movement you you have to clear more salary in that regard but there are teams that see Lowry as their missing piece and it doesn't just have to be a team with cap space there are teams out there that have some assets that might say look maybe maybe you play on Kyle Lowry Toronto plays on Kyle Lowry's you know, loyalty and say, Hey, look, we, we get it. You're, you you want to go somewhere else. You want to go out the door, hook us up, do it as a sign and trade. Let us get a second round pick. Let us get this asset for you. We can send you to maybe a place that you want to go that didn't have the cap space kind of win, win, but you, you gotta hook us up on the way out the door. So I think it's not just the teams that have the cap space that could be in the play in play for Lowry every team that is missing a piece there at point guard has the potential to be in play for Lowry.
0: And then if they, if they whiff on him, because it seems like there's going to be a lot of musical chairs here when it comes to point guards, it opens up other doors like Colin Sexton from the Cleveland Cavaliers who've been rumored to be kind of on the outs and could be had relatively cheap. Does a team maybe try and make a run at Malcolm Brogdon if they miss out on Kyle Lowry, a guy that could be gettable potentially from the Indiana Pacers. There's, so like so much movement there that you might see like right like i can see you kind of working through it in your head right now and, but it makes sense like there's there's a lot it's musical chairs
1: where i'm thinking in my head i'm like are we going to have a season where every team has a different starting point guard this year is there, there there's probably what like three teams out feels there feels like that <laughs> really like seriously there's there's only a handful of teams out there that you say okay yeah that point guard's coming back Everyone else, even when you think of, you thought OKC had their their point guard of the future. Nope, Shea Gilgis. No, out we're of we're or- going to
0: talk about that. Okay, well let's get into that one because that's the one I find maybe the most interesting, and we've got some kind of offers on the table with this. So we'll get that one. Uh, we'll get into that coming up next here, and then talk of the Lakers and their situation a little bit more in the third segment. But John, today's show brought to us by
1: Built Bar. Yes, built bar, which there were three full boxes of built bars as set pieces on the uh, on the on the locked on NBA draft set. I'm hoping that as a parting gift, Chad, Raphael, and I each get one of those boxes to take home. That would be awesome because I love built bars. They are basically a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You go down the list of coconut, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream. There's flavors there for everybody. And I only just named a few. So whatever your favorite is, you can go stock up. If you can't pick one, get an assorted box. Basically what you're going to get is 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging between 130 and 180. So if you're on the treadmill, the elliptical afterwards if you have one you didn't blow out all the hard work that you did and only four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs so go check it out built Bar, the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team which is awesome as the olympics are going on so check out when track and field starts up you might see these guys chowing down on some built bars themselves so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 you're gonna get 15% off your next order. That's locked15 at built.com. Use it every single time. You're gonna get 15% off your next order.
0: There you go. Uh, also mint brownie, my favorite flavor right there. It's like a, a mint chocolate chip ice cream, but in you know healthy for, uh, uh, bar form for you. All right, so we just went over some of the big name point guards that could be on the move. Kyle Lowry, you know, we didn't even touch on Damian Lillard, but I think everyone kind of knows that situation and what might happen there. Uh, But the name that really kind of surprised me at first and then started to make a whole lot of sense to me was seeing the rumor out there that the Oklahoma City Thunder have tried to get the number one overall pick in the draft from the Detroit Pistons and offered the sixth overall pick plus Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You know, at first it was like, wait, he seemed like as untouchable of a player out there. But then you start to kind of look at that Oklahoma City situation where they had some real bad lottery luck in Mm -hmm. this draft. They had a chance to end up with like two top three, top four picks. They ended up with the sixth overall pick. And while they're in prime position to rebuild with the millions of draft picks that it feels like they have, they're starting to get out of whack with Shea's timeline I think compared to the the rest of what their roster might look like when those picks start to pay off. They needed a second guy to really pair with him to be on the exact same timeline. And they were hoping it would have been Cade Cunningham or one of the Jalen's, let's say, in this draft. They didn't end up in that situation. And now when they get that kind of next blue chip prospect, because they're like right out of that range, I think, when it comes to this draft. It might be that all of a sudden, Shea Gildress Alexander is looking at his you know third contract instead of his second, which they'll certainly offer him. But that's where it starts to get a little bit dicey for their rebuild that, yes, they have all of those picks. But those picks aren't going to pan out till three, four, five years down the line. And at that point, maybe Shea's tired of not winning and starts to angle out of there and you start to lose that team control over him. So offering him to the Detroit Pistons, I think, makes some sense. Just on the surface of that, what's your take on it?
1: You know, it, it's such an interesting position here because all I've been hearing lately is the argument for for maybe not drafting Cade Cunningham number one, and and how it's not as cut and dry, and how uh, the the gap between number one and number two and number three isn't as as wide as some people want to make it out to be. And if that's true, and we don't know if that's true yet, then. Detroit getting a guy that is as good as Shea Gilgis-Alexander, which is a proven commodity, though you're getting him a little older, he's still a proven a little, commodity. A little
0: bit, but like he's, bit. Well, he's 23. Like he's still Sure, young. but he's not
1: 19. You know, he's not 20. No. So that, that three years, it, it's just a little bit older. Uh, but he still hasn't hit his prime, certainly not yet, and everybody knows how great he he looks already. So you say, hey – you got you got Killian Hayes. You got uh, what do you got? Sadiq Bay. You got you got um, Jeremy ob- Grant. Jeremy Grant, yes, obviously. And so you've got like these, and, and Grant's older too. So you've got these different guys on different timelines. Maybe they come together. I, I can see if you're getting Shea and what is it sixth? Is that where OKC is? Sixth, yeah. So if it's a six-person draft. And maybe you like Scotty Barnes. And maybe now that Scotty Barnes, some of the question marks around him don't, don't bother you as much because you've got some of the things that he doesn't do well. You already fill in the blanks around there and you can build around the things that he does do well. And maybe he, maybe the, the upside kind of kicks in and, and you get a real haul here. This could be a good move for Detroit, but... But Cade Cunningham is pretty, pretty locked solid number one pick. the The worst case scenario, from all accounts, there I haven't found anybody that that will say that the worst case scenario is that he flops completely and and becomes you know Anthony Bennett. He's his floor is really damn good player, and so you might as well from the Detroit side say, look, we we got the number one pick. Let's just make the number one pick. Let's not mess around with it.
0: No, I I think there's something to be said for that. As much as I think, you know, Shea and Six makes sense for Detroit, they probably still shouldn't do that. I think they're still thinking long-term, and it's actually pretty smart team building in my opinion, right? Don't kind of cash your chips in now to a degree. Get Shea, who I think is probably – the best guard second best guard under 25 more or less uh that's how high I think of him like I don't think that's that's like a hot take here or anything Aww. you know. But they, they're they still thinking long-term. They're still thinking, cool, we'll draft K. We have him under team control for seven or eight years. Whereas with Shea, you probably have two more before you really start, two, three more before you really start to get kind of nervous at that because these timelines for these young guys wanting out from their current teams if you're not winning is very much more compressed in the past couple of years than it used to be. It's smart team building if you're Detroit, right? You don't get big name yeah. free agents there Keep the cost-controlled, team-controlled guy. That's that's a really important thing. For OKC, though, man, if I'm every team in the league, I'm calling them right now trying to see if I could get Shea Gilgis Alexander for literally whatever is on my roster for the most part. I think he, more so than Damian Lillard, becomes the most intriguing name out there if, as it's being reported, maybe he's gettable. It's going to take a lot, probably half your roster and all of your future first-round picks that you can trade. But he's a guy that I would trade – any teams like you know treasure trove of assets for i think that's how intriguing of a name he is to me out there on the trade market right now
1: yeah well now you start to look at are there any other teams in there that might say hey you know if you really want to trade us something like why why wouldn't toronto just be like yeah you know toronto they is should call player.
0: immediately right yes
1: if detroit's like yeah you know what because look Detroit says we're going to make the number one pick. We don't want to overthink this. We're going to make the number one pick. Houston's Houston's not in a position to to get that much better. They're going to take Jalen Green, and and Cleveland, maybe. But I still don't think they're in the right timeline. Toronto's the next obvious one, right? And you can mm-hmm. get you can get Jalen Suggs, who I, we've already talked about. He's, he's Canadian too. Like that's the other thing. There's, there's I mean, it's so. like a lot of reasons like this. So you you get Suggs. And you you get more on your timeline. Um, Toronto moves down two spots. Uh, they they get if if you get Shea, who is a damn good point guard, as your replacement for Kyle Lowry. Hello, thank you very much. Because I've been looking at them trading Pascal Siakam and number four in a bid to get yeah. one of the disgruntled like Bradley Beal. If you flip it around and you get Shea and you still get the sixth pick, oh my God, throw a party. You know, this is that would be the deal. If I'm looking at any deal on the market right now, that's one that has to happen if Shea is available at four.
0: I just don't know if OKC would do it for four. I think they just want Cade, and to me, he's kind of the most blue chip of the prospects out there. And I wonder if that's why they do that deal for him, and that's it, and not for any of these other guys. But look, I'm with you. That it makes sense, right? And if you're and if you're Toronto, you'll you'll include other future first round picks in that deal to kind of make it a little bit more appealing. I think to the Thunder, it doesn't have to just be you know the the fourth overall pick. You'll do it for you'll include other things too.
1: I suppose, yeah, you could you can include a future pick, I guess, but um I I would think the the trading of Shea is not an effort to get complete equal value back. It's an effort to say we're not gonna pay him in restricted free agency. Let's make a deal for him now and let's get higher into this draft. I don't think you I don't think getting Suggs at four is is a a real drop off. Like, yeah, Cade's number one, but then you, you get, I, I don't know. And I, I might just be convinced by what the contrary, you know, contrary attitude is. I don't know that the drop off down to four is as significant as people want to make it out to be. I know that Cade's the, the number one guy but there are plenty of people out there who don't even think that Cade's the number one guy. And so I I think that there's a deal to be done at four. If nothing else, just to get OKC back on its original timeline and a a timeline that at least makes a little bit more sense for them. So they're not paying money out now or, or next season.
0: Yeah, no, look, and even if they sign him to an extension, which I think they would do again, when are they going to be good On, on the back end of that second contract that he's on? And that doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. So they got really screwed in the lottery and just not having things go their way that kind of really threw off that timeline and not being able to get that kind of like. You know, guy to pair with Shea to really start to build the round for this rebuild. And it's kind of put them in an interesting spot. So they're going to potentially be active tomorrow night when it comes to the NBA draft. So we've also got to talk about the Lakers because everyone kind of puts <laughs> every player on them. But is that really realistic? But also, they're in a really, really weird spot when it comes to Dennis Schroeder. So we're going to talk about that coming up here next, Unlocked on, on NBA. Before we get to that, though, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Your car is really important. You've got to keep it running. It's how you get to work. Public transportation might not be reliable. And frankly, you're not going to be able to get it into a mechanic right now. They're backed up for like six months. So if you repair your car or want to start repairing your car yourself to save some money, you can save even more money by going to rockauto.com. They carry every single part you might need. And you do not need to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. I repair my cars. I just replaced an AC condenser that was $260. Cheaper on rockauto.com than it was anywhere else. I can use that money for literally anything instead of having to just pay more for the same part. rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low and the best I've seen out there to be perfectly honest. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, engine coolant. You need to replace the carpet in your car because you spilled your coffee on it one too many times. You can even do that. So go explore their easy to use website, find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, how did you hear out of so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right continuing to just recap all the crazy rumors out there and seeing what's going to go down tomorrow night in the nba draft yes picks will be made but players will also be traded and sometimes that's what the more interesting thing is and what we're going to see tomorrow night as john's doing the live show so hopefully we keep you on your or the league keeps you on your toes a little bit
1: Oh my God! We were just going through different scenarios, and and basically, Chad Ford is saying, "Yeah, that first round, it's just going to be kind of all over the place. I expect it to be kind of crazy." And I'm thinking, "Oh my God, what did I sign up for?" Uh, it's <laughs> just going to be, uh, "Oh, there's a trade here. Oh, there's a trade there." We we already talked about, you know, three trade. We haven't even talked about the potential for what the Golden State Warriors are going to do with their picks. There, there are other picks. guys want to go up to, you know, the new Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies. So they're going to keep trading up, you know, like there's so many different things that, that, that can change on draft night.
0: Look one, one team that's going to be very active though, that I think I wanted to talk about because you're going to have fun making fun of them. And I want to look at it kind of seriously is the, (laughs) how active are they going to be really? Go Los Angeles. They're They're going to get deals done, but they're going to try.
1: So try. this is the Lakers.
0: They're gonna, they're gonna try. try. They're gonna be active as in. Look, they're gonna get an
1: A for effort. Sure. Sure. I mean, every GM gets an A for effort around this time, right? But the the, the Champagne hadn't even evaporated from Pfizer Forum before ESPN was trying to get Chris Paul onto the Lakers. He he has a 40, what, $44 million player option. The Lakers have have $5.9 million to spend in a taxpayer mid-level, and they're saying, is Chris Paul going to go join the Lakers? Are you kidding me? Are you just, the whole <laughs> storyline up until that point was, wow, Chris Paul can actually opt out of that and get another big deal for two years. And all of a sudden he lost and it's like, well, now he's going to take five into point nine and go play with LeBron. They have been tied to Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Chris Paul, uh, basically any, anybody that is, that is available and they have nothing to trade for him and no money to spend yet. Somehow the Lakers are here in every rumor.
0: Look, they they had a disappointing season to say the least with the way it ended, despite injuries and, and all of that stuff. It was disappointing. They won the title the year before. They need to add some shooting and maybe a playmaker to that roster in some capacity. And it sounds like this comes from Woj. They've called everyone pretty much around the league offering Kyle Kuzma and KCP and maybe Talon Horton Tucker involved in these trades. And no one is interested in those pieces Whatsoever. Now the latest report coming out right now about them is they're trying to, and this is quote, hustling to jump into the NBA draft lottery. You know, when you look at them, they have to kind of do something because they're in danger of losing Dennis Schroeder. They offered him four for 84 in the soft season. He turned it down. That looks a little bit crazy right now because he was pretty bad in the playoffs. So coming off of having COVID, but if he leaves, they still have the same amount of money that you just said, the five point what four million dollars to spend. They don't get any more, and they really need a guy like him, meaning they might have to overpay to keep Dennis Schroeder or find someone who really likes Kyle Kuzma. And I don't think he has a ton of value around the league, but they are going to be calling everyone and trying to just do anything. And it feels like there's like a little bit of desperation there.
1: Let's look at this realistically. And I'm not trying to bust the Lakers chops here at all, but where are the best scenarios for, let's just start with the ring chasers around the league. Brooklyn is a better scenario already. Uh, you might look at some of the other teams. Is Utah going to be a better scenario? Is, is going to Milwaukee, the defending champion, a better scenario? It's not necessarily a given is my point, that the Lakers are first in line for whatever ring chasers that might be out there because you look at LeBron he's he's getting older you look at Anthony Davis he's still injury prone okay so let's just be realistic about this for a second they're still high on the list but not at the top of the list so they there is a little bit more desperation for the Lakers and and the best bet for me is to tell Dennis Schroder you know what we don't want you back forget it we don't we just don't want you but also, the the point guard market is over-saturated right now. There are- We, much, we, went over, we just went over it. <laughs> we just went over much, much better options for a lot of teams looking to trade for a, a, a point guard. And if you miss out on that trade for a point guard, then there are going to be plenty, plenty of point guards out there that are free agents that are suddenly going to have to take that $5.9 million and whatever. So Schroeder has a strong possibility of missing out on the big payday and then missing out on the mid-level payday for a year, and then wh- what's he going to do? He's going to be stuck. And that's where the Lakers say, we still don't want you. So find a team that's going to give you whatever contract, and then we're going to sign and trade. And what you do is you turn Dennis Schroeder into two useful players that you hopefully – turn Schroeder into two useful players because bringing Schroeder back at that point, not even worth it. Go sign one of the other cheaper point guards. That's going to take some of the ball handling out of LeBron's hands to take the pressure off of him. But also, and, they,
0: and They need that uh, very much so.
1: Yes. And so, but also, you know, not be too ball dominant and take too much of the, the usage. And then hopefully with Schroeder, you can bring back a couple of bench players to fill those shooting roles that that you're you're hoping for because frankly there's there is no market for Kyle Kuzma. I mean the, the market No there isn't it's it's really that simple. Like there just isn't. <laughs> no. The market for Kuzma is so bad that I was thinking, hey, we'll give you Tristan Thompson for a backup center and we'll I guess we'll take Kyle Kuzma back. Like that's what you're gonna get for Kyle Kuzma.
0: Look, they don't have picks to trade. They, they're they here in New Orleans, used in the Anthony Davis trade, which, look, they they mortgaged their future. It paid off. They won the title. They're thrilled about that deal every single time. You make that trade every time. Sure. You know, they could be potentially in play for a guy like Buddy Heald because they're going to be willing to take on salary, even if it's bad salary and a bad contract, just to add the team because they that, don't necessarily care. That's
1: actually a care. realistic option.
0: Yeah. You, and look, uh, uh, Sacramento doesn't want him. They want to move on. His deal's awful. It is. And and the Lakers but don't hear about money. and overpaying right um, the Lakers
1: the, the Lakers print
0: money so they're probably also in play for you know maybe if the Jazz are looking to jump dump Joe Ingles or Bogdanovich there but also other teams are going to want those guys they're usually players and they can outbid the Lakers for it for Ingles that's going to be better than whatever the Lakers could do to try and bring him over there.
1: Yeah, look, the the Lakers' options are just flat out limited. So Buddy Healed, they're going to have to roll the dice. That Buddy Healed in a locker room with LeBron is going to fall in line a little bit. And like I said, the Lakers just don't care about paying the the luxury tax or anything like that. And if they don't hard cap themselves, they're going to be fine. But that that's that's the move. Like those those are mm-hmm, going to be probably the moves. that's, that's going to be it. Hey, look, the bottom line, like you said, they they got Anthony Davis, they won a title COVID hit and they, they benefited. It's not a knock on them. They benefited by getting LeBron and Davis a little extra rest. They had a good playoff run. They won the title. Congratulations. Like they, everybody benefited from some rest, but they really did. And then, but the short turnaround hurt them the second time around. So they, they didn't benefit the the, the following year. And it cost them. And so maybe they could have had two titles. They got one of the two. Now they're in trouble. Now they're just in trouble because LeBron's a little bit older and they're they're financially, they, they, they're out of options. They've got nothing left. We're, We're teetering on the edge of not, well, I'm not saying rebuild, but there, there's only so much time left on those deals. LeBron's only got two years left on his deals. And then, and then what? You you got nothing left. You got nothing. You're, you're out of cash. Your your chip stack's low. You can't, who are you going to go all in with? No, look,
0: look, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting, but they're going to be trying. And look, we, we've covered a ton of names here and we're about to wrap up the show. And as you said, we didn't even touch on the Warriors on this. We didn't get into Damian Lillard. We didn't really get into Bradley Beal. It feels like things could happen and these things kind of come out of nowhere. That that Pelicans-Memphis trade while brewing kind of broke in a bigger way than I think anyone, including myself, was really expecting. I hope we get a ton of this uh, tomorrow and, and we just get like a crazy time because it's a lot of fun when there's a whole bunch of different things going on around the league. So, John, before we wrap up here, again, tell everyone about the show tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, uh, I cannot wait for this Thursday night show. Where <laughs> it's it's all going to be breaking while I'm on TV uh, with Chad Ford and Rafael Barlow. We know Chad is the best of the best when it comes to draft analysis. Rafael Barlow is our high upside, you know, superstar on the Locked On uh, NBA Draft Show, and we've got all of our local experts chiming in as their picks are made. So analysis like crazy, an analysis that you're not going to find anywhere else. It starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, an hour before the draft starts, streaming on the Locked On NBA YouTube page, Roku, Amazon Fire Stick. So it's available in a lot of places. It's a national broadcast brought to you by Built Bar, and um, it's just going to be unparalleled coverage of the NBA draft.
0: No, it's going to be a fun night. There's going to be a lot going on. Make sure you follow it along with the Locked on NBA YouTube page where you might be watching the show right now. If you're listening on the podcast, go subscribe. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to want to know what's going on, and we're going to be breaking down everything. So that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on NBA. On Wednesdays, I'm your usual co-host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter,
1: and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter and host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening. Gonna be a fun next couple of days and we'll be back with you all next week.